Hour number two of the radio program, Puck and Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Marco Gonzalez, Marco, will join the program a, a little bit later, about uh, 12 o'clock uh, with lunch with listeners. But now joining us, boy, this is my honor, on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. I think the last time, last time he and I would, would, would share, I guess, the radio, and this is what we're doing now, I think we were sitting in Bowler Gym, probably 1998, and uh, calling one of several in front of a packed crowd, mm-hmm. uh, w- WSU volleyball games for KUGR, <laughs> our local college radio station. And Gary, look at us now. I'm sitting and talking about sports, you. and you're calling the uh-huh. Mariners. So a little bump right, set spike right. action, huh? Yeah, Gary Hill. Yeah, the, bump the, set spike, that's right. Yeah, that's one right. of the many voices on the radio broadcast for the Mariners, but now the only one left standing because he didn't get hurt <laughs> in a pickup basketball game. It, it, it's clearly, Gary, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. So you might as well come uh-huh. clean now and tell us because we're going to keep asking until we find out who was it who was on the, the mission to destroy the Mariner broadcaster so they could move up. And frankly, a lot of arrows point to you yeah. because you've benefited from this. Well, I'll just say this. I grew up in Tacoma, so my brand of basketball may be a little different than most people. <laughs> so maybe a, bit, a little more rough yeah. than a lot of people are used to. You know, yeah. when you're playing at Wright Park in Jefferson Park, you know, that can happen. So... Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. When I'm around, just be careful. Wow. Uh, Gary, it's a solid. It's a solid career move. Let's get Sims out first, and then I'll take Riz out. Yeah, and 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 well, what is it? So Sims knew immediately that, that somebody had severed his Achilles. And by the way, Sims has put a photo of himself up. That's fantastic. He looks good. He's come through the surgery. He looks great. And but, Gary has has gotten rid of the knife that he used. Well, I want to know, Gary. Uh-huh, I want to know what happened with Rizzy because Rizzy's fine. Everything's great. And then all of a sudden, I mean, did you like corner him in the booth and wrench his <laughs> arm behind his back to finish the job off because he clearly wasn't injured enough at the time to require medical attention, and now all of a sudden does? This is a huge mystery. What did did you injure him again? Well, that's the amazing part of the whole thing. He he tore he like his bicep is off the bone in the game, but he played through. He just kept on going, which is amazing. And then went a couple of weeks later, and then finally got it checked out. And so, uh, I don't know, I feel I feel pretty awful for both guys. Achilles injury. I mean, that's as brutal as it gets. The good news is, and I've talked to Rick a couple of times here on the trip. He's doing great. He had the surgery. He's in a cast. Uh, He's anxious to get back on the radio, to say the least. So I can't wait to see him at home. But it's good that both those guys are recovering in what has turned out to be one of the most uh, famous basketball games in uh, recent Seattle history. And what what Gary (laughs) fails to mention every time he does reach out to Dave and Rick, he says that he signs off by saying, don't hurry back. Right, that's right. Yeah, take your time. Right. Take take your time when you come back from this injury. We want you back full strength. I've got this covered. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, everyone else is hoping they hurry back as quickly as possible. Oh, don't. (laughs) Well, you know, all joking aside, you're doing a fine job, given the fact that this was not necessarily the job you were hired for. I mean, I know that they knew they were going to be able to use you, and you've done baseball before. We've heard you for a few years now, but this is—it's uh, really unlike anything I've ever seen. What do you what do you make of the first three to four weeks of Los Marineros in 2018? Uh, yeah, this certainly wasn't the plan going into the season. I know I was going to get a lot of games going in, but this has turned out to be a little different. But you know, I'm excited about this team offensively. I think we've seen—I mean, we haven't seen their full offense yet. Right now, we're about as close as we've seen them. 
And I think there's a lot of things to like about them offensively. I think Mitch Hanniger is, is ridiculous right now. Mm-hmm. I think Nelson Cruz has his timing back. But when you look at this lineup up and down and what they can be all together, you know, when Zunino gets his timing back as well, I think this team's going to score a ton of runs. And we saw it in Texas, especially late. I think they have a chance this series to put up some crooked numbers in the three games against Chicago. Cleveland's obviously going to be difficult because of their rotation, and the Mariners ran into that against the Houston Astros. But I think as the season moves on, you know, providing health, I think they're going to score a lot, and that's what I'm most excited about with this team. You know, you know, Gary, and it's been it's been interesting, you know, to watch. And again, Gary Hill is is joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. He's he's filling in for uh, the injured uh, Rick Riz, Dave Sims, and all those guys. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I was gonna save this for the end. Uh, I listened to you a lot this week, and I've obviously heard you before do plenty of games. I mean, I, we joke and aside that we used to go to school together in, in the world famous Murrow School of Communication. We've done volleyball world games. Famous. We've done uh, we've done baseball games before, but um, you and Ryan Rowan Smith, I've always, I've never, th- I've never understood with the mirrors on this in terms of not having a color guy in the radio because they kind of don't have never done that before as much. You and Ryan were fantastic. I was I was telling Gas I had to go over to. To uh, my my daughter was in the Washington State gymnastics state meet over in Kennewick, so we listened to a lot of of you there. And then on the way back, you and Ryan, having not worked together before, looked like and sounded like you guys had been working together for years. You guys sounded great. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, no, thanks. I really appreciate that. That means a lot, especially coming from you. We go back, uh, obviously, a long ways. Even, uh, what, Pullman-Moscow High School yes. rivals at the time? Well, that's so. right, because Gary was not only – he was the voice of the Pullman Greyhounds, I was the voice of the uh-huh. Moscow Bears. Wow. And the Moscow yeah. Bears were terrible. We're awful. We're the worst team in the history of Idaho. How did you get Moscow? I mean, because just... Gary was be- – first of all, it was the pecking order of who was good in the broadcast school, and, and he's Gary been ahead was always the best. Yeah. yeah. And I got the Moscow Bears. I got, I got. The I was going to say luck, but I, well, I don't know. Unlike, <laughs> unlike Puck, I think you got a lot of work to do. Frankly, yeah. after hearing this week. <laughs> yeah. So, but but so what, what it, so we're on the same page. That's Gaffer. right. Great. That's right. What what has been? It's not been lost because you just mentioned it. But it's certain, you know, the Etro talk has been so loud, and then you know the injuries, the crews, and all that one. You touched on it early. This Mitch Hanniger story. And I know people are following along. Seven of twelve in this last series. He had he had what yeah. three doubles, three home runs. He drove in seven on the season. This guy's hitting three fourteen with an on base of three ninety, seven home runs and twenty two RBIs. If this guy stays healthy, we're we're talking about an all star. We're talking about right now on pace to be one of the best players in the American League. It's it's he's off to another great start. Agreed. I mean, I think we all marveled at what he did last April. He's been better this April so far. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You wonder what the final numbers are going to look like if he stays healthy. And that isn't even mentioned his defense. He's really good in right field. And you peel back some of the numbers, you look at defensive runs saved and everything else. He's one of the best right fielders in baseball. And then, oh, yeah, he can play center field for you, too, if you need uh, mm-hmm. to give Gordon a day, which he did yesterday making a nice catch. His all-around game is splendid. I hope he stays healthy all year because all-star, I mean, he's playing at that kind of level, no question. Give me something to feel good about, and I'm hardly ready to write the season off for him. And, and but, but Paxton, you know, this is a month ago we're debating whether or not this guy should be your ace. Should he start opening night? Should he be the guy? Now we're going to still have Felix do it. Okay, that's fine. And, you know, again, you know, uh, he's gone uh, four innings, five innings, four innings, four innings. You know, I'm a little 
concerned? I mean, is, is there something I'm missing? Are they concerned at all? Or do you, do you know, give us give us something to feel good about with this guy? Yeah, I'm not that concerned. I thought I think overall he's looked pretty good. Take away the his overall numbers really get dinged by that first start. I mean, last year he right, right. crushed lefties all year, right? He doesn't give up a home run to lefties. He dominates, and then he gives up a grand slam to Alonzo in the first game. But last game, too, I thought he got squeezed a little bit, frankly, in the bottom rung of the strike zone, which elevated his pitch count. I didn't think he had a great feel for his slider. So take out the bookends. I think he's looked like the same guy that we expected. Now, he hasn't gone as deep into games, I think, as yeah. we would like so far. But uh, I'm not that worried about him. I think you know, watching him every th- uh, start, he's looked great. He- his heater's been outstanding. For the most part, he's had that cutter, which has been great as well. I'm not that worried. I think he's going to have a great season. I think health is the key, and so far, so good and, on and that the, front. Yeah, and, Gary, this is a, a great series. You, you mentioned it earlier, too. I mean, you got Cleveland. Cleveland's going to be a different animal. For this offense that has shown, you know, I know they've had a couple games and a couple hiccups where they haven't scored a ton of runs and haven't done great with runners in scoring position. But, you know, in the Texas series proved that they have a potent office. I mean, you look at this this pitching matchup for these guys in the next three days. I mean, Miguel Gonzalez has got a 12 ERA. Carson Fulmer's got a 7.50 ERA. And James Shields coming at 6.17. They've got a great opportunity, I mean, to sweep the White Sox. I mean, they certainly are a better team than Chicago. Uh, their yeah, offense but... against that pitching staff should, uh, I mean, make this a make this a series in which they feast on these guys. Yeah, no question. White Sox are really struggling with the rotation. It's always hard for me to expect a sweep on the road, right. but I think a series win would be outstanding, which they did in Texas. Sounds like, too, White Sox may have made a, a last-minute change. It sounds like Gonzalez may not start today after okay. all, and former will, but their rotation is in total flux. I mean, you look at their staff rotation ERA, it's at 6.5, which <laughs> is last in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. They haven't even reached 90 innings yet as a staff, which is uh, just about the lowest. The Twins are the only team lower, and that's because they've played like 12 games so far this year because of all the weather. But they're walking over six a ball game as a staff, six per nine innings. They just have no answers in the rotation right now. So it would be great to see the M's jump on every one of these starters put up some crooked numbers early in games, and they have a chance to do it. Well, they certainly did that against Texas after getting mowed down by Houston, and a lot of people get mowed down by Houston, so you're right, make, yeah. make hay why the sun shines. Gary, as you might expect, it's a, each row is a huge topic of conversation here in Seattle. I'll just ask you, and I mean, you're, you're in a, a unique position in terms of you know your, your commentary on this. I'll just ask you were, you, were you surprised? There was a, you know, we were all leading up to this, and there's going to come a moment where they're going to have to decide between Heredia and each row. Were, were you surprised at the decision? No, I wasn't that surprised, to be honest, because I see uh, a lot of teams in April, uh, they want to make, teams in April want to make decisions uh, looking forward long term. You don't necessarily want to cut someone loose when you may want to use them down the road. You just don't know how things are going to shake out. So it wasn't that surprising. And I take what they said on face value in terms of facing a ton of righties here in the next few days. And Heredi probably wouldn't have seen that much action. And I also think if Paxson would have gone longer in that start the previous night, that we probably wouldn't be having this conversation at all because I think it would have been a reliever. But I don't think it's that unusual to see teams do this sort of thing, especially in April. I mean, the really important question here, Gary, as we wrap it up, is that have you filled out your big board? you have a mock draft for Thursday? 
I know you're into these types of things. Who's your top five? Who? What's the first quarterback that's off your board? <laughs> mock draft. That's a great question. <laughs> Does uh, anybody do a baseball mock draft? Are there people actually doing yes, that? Are there? Of course there are. Yeah. Oh, Lord, we got to find people yes. some hobbies. Oh, God. I, I love... You know, I love the baseball draft. I wish more people were in. Uh, do you guys want to do a mock draft with me this sure, year? Sure, I'd love to. Look okay. at the time. Gary, it's been great visiting with you. Steve, this Steve Wilkinson out of Pocatello, Idaho High School. I've uh, seen him throw. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, I love it. I can't it. wait. Guess I'll give you, Gas, you take all the uh, community college guys mm-hmm. got and uh, break them down. You, get you them got ready it. for the draft. Yes, I'm, I'm, and, I'm uh, on it. Talk, you got the high school kids. Perfect. That's so, right. my, my wheelhouse. Gary, yeah, this will be great. Uh, appreciate you jumping on, and I mean this again. I'll repeat what I said earlier. You are, if people haven't listened to you, to your broadcast, go do so. Gary and even and Ryan Roland Smith are a great duo, but you in particular, you're a hell of a broadcaster, man. And if it, you know, eventually, I hope it works out here. And obviously, I want Riz and Dave and all those guys to be healthy and, and all that. Hmm. But if it, but you know, for you, I mean, if they can't get back <laughs> healthy, well, hey, we never know. But for if for any, uh, I know you're putting tapes together. For other teams, if any other spots open up, you do a hell of a job. You are a pleasure to listen to. When you're on, I just sat in my backyard. It was a great day yesterday, and I just listened to you on the call. You have such a great voice and feel for the game. It's very old school because it's not that new school because that new school is i got to yell and talk over everything. You have kind of a very old school feel to it, and uh, it's, it's a pleasure to listen to. Happy for you. Never thought you'd go from calling volleyball games in front of five people uh, to now calling Mariner games, but I know it was always a passion of yours. Doing a great job. Well, Keep me, it up, man. I just recorded everything you said, and I'm going to use it on my reel, so that's great. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right, Gary, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Great right. to talk to you both. You appreciate it. There he is. Gary Hill, Jr., uh, one of the voices for the Seattle Mariners on the radio side of things. Also, he was going to fill in and do games anyways this year, but right. he's also filling in doing the old Kevin Kremen role, which is their engineer slash broadcaster. So uh, do they have somebody now engineering for him, or is he being made no, to do doing, everything? I think he's doing it all. Can I say, too, I believe I've, I've seen my first real example of Cougar bias, because I just happened to mention on my way to a point the whole right-handed theory, and you just barked at me with great statistics well, about, hey, look at these numbers. It, it doesn't hold up that already you can't hit right hand. And, and the fact is, it's I true. Know. They're making that up. That is the most BS. I get it. Meanwhile, former Murrow School of Broadcasting legend Gary Hill me. brings it up and says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him at face value," and you're just like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's a great point, what Gary." What do you want Gary to say? Well, I wanted you to say, "Look, hang on a minute, Gary." Gary's gonna go. Well, you know what? Actually, uh, I don't. Uh, I didn't want to paint him into a corner. I have a credit, but but you. you I, I'm well, telling you. Well, I was gonna you, wait. I, I was gonna wait until he was off the end and be like, "I know what Gary just said," but however, Gary's you've got wrong. the numbers. What's Heredia hitting against right-handed uh, pitching? Heredia is hitting three thirty-three with an on-base of four thirty-eight and OPS of one point zero two one. Each this, row. This against, is the guy who can't hit right-handed right. pitching. What are his slash numbers again? Please uh, give him again. Three thirty-three, four thirty-eight, OPS of one point zero two one. What are they making? stuff up uh Ichiro meanwhile against right-handers 167 167 333 and and Gary Hill gets a pass he mentions that hey. it's like I used to do volleyball with him we did the Moscow we River did. Rats it was fun Moscow Bears <laughs> the Bears and the Greyhounds it was a hell of a rivalry back in the day he was always, he always had the better gigs in college I well, the good I, I gigs. Think it's, it's paid off for him it, much better broadcaster than myself. Yeah, but seven years on the road with Graz, those are not easy years. He'll pay the price for that at the oh, end of his life. Oh, oh, sure, he probably sure will. <laughs> yeah. He is I, honestly, it, it's it's just refreshing to, and I, I guess I'm biased, but 
He's refreshing to listen to on on a radio call because he is there is an old soul feel to him how he calls a game. It's you know the microphone's not going to pop and break and and where you know, he's losing his mind on a home run call. He's just a solid pro. You brought up a great point. He's and one him of and these, Ryan Roland Smith are great together. He's I, I got to hear that. I'm not heard really I love Ryan Roland Smith. Re- I think he's they, a terrific. And the Mariners uh, have never done a, have a have a have a color analyst on their radio before. They've mm-hmm. never done. It. And I'm telling you, it's this duo. If they ever decide, hey, we want to change something, this is a perfect duo because I like having a baseball guy in there to tell me, mm-hmm. you know, hey, what am I seeing? What's going on? I mean, it's on radio. I need, I need to, them to be the eyes. I think it's a legacy of of Dave Niehaus because yeah. I think he liked just working by himself, and then Rizzy is going to pick up on that over the years. So I think Riz likes working by himself, and and I, I think it's it's nothing more than that. But what I like about Gary is, and again, I I, I wish especially in baseball more guys were like this. Even on TV, let the game breathe. You don't have to talk right. every yeah, yeah, second. Yeah. You can just there's natural sound at a ballpark that is so pleasing to listen to, and I understand that you you have to say, it, but it's okay occasionally just to pause for a minute and go, I don't have anything to say, and I don't need to say anything. You can hear the guy yelling peanuts. You can hear the yeah. guy yelling beer. You can maybe hear somebody barking. It's it, it's he's very good at it. So. All right, uh, we'll continue next another segment, and we'll have to revisit our free Guillermo show. Yeah, free Guillermo Heredia, and uh, we'll update our poll question, our Twitter poll question. What will Guillermo Heredia be doing down in Tacoma with his time off? And the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. All right, uh, back to our free Guillermo show. Puck and Gas live from the uh, Carter Volkswagen studio. We've also stumbled across uh, something on Twitter that we're going to bring back at some point. A guy has predicted every game in the NFL for this upcoming season. Yeah, some fantasy guy from ESPN. Again, creating news. It's unbelievable. This it's un well it's got us talking it's unreal, yeah. and I would just say, um, do you have any plans for the playoffs? Yeah, uh, you're good. Not according to this guy. No, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're good. Yeah. If you have a vacation around the playoffs, take the vacation. That's all I'm going to say. You know, speaking of free Guillermo, what if he got off the train in Tacoma and 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 Eddie and Mike were down there playing and singing Yellow Lead Better just to cheer <laughs> him up? Right. Turn this on. Oh, hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> What's our poll question? What's our updated poll question? Well, here's the thing. I have a prediction on the poll question. I think Super Dave is calling every one of his friends. Is that made a big run? Well, yeah, it's starting to make a run, and I think it's it's going to be the winner. I think Super Dave is going to get everybody at Sounder at Heart eventually to vote on this. Uh, This is what I think. It's where will Guillermo Heredia spend his free time in Tacoma is our poll question today. 36% say eating pizza at the Cloverleaf with Curto. Mike (laughs) Curto, the the voice of the Rainiers, great baseball guy. Uh, 33% say he'll be drinking at the West End with Divish. Good, solid choice. 22% now saying he'll be watching S2 with Super Dave. It's just been creeping up every time I check. It creeps up a little more. Cuba, maybe a soccer fan. Yeah, sure. And then uh, 9% say singing karaoke with McGrath. That's going to be last. He's going to have to pull out of the campaign. And we all think that actually might be the most entertaining thing to do would be singing karaoke with John McGrath and him telling... Old stories of watching Ernie Banks play. And, sure, you know, all right. He would enjoy. I think Guillermo Heredia would enjoy that. All right, I got a Guillermo's going to have fun down in Tacoma. Uh, no, <laughs> you don't think he's going to have a good time? No, nah, he's a pro. I think, he, and and I think he thinks. Well, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see now. We just think of these guys as metronomes. They just go out and they just do stuff and nothing. Does it screw him up? Is this going to screw him up? What if he comes back up and he 
he suddenly is. Oh, like, I'd be pissed if I was Guillermo Heredia. I, I, I mean, would. I, yeah. And the under and everyone said that he handled it like a pro. That's what Scott Service sure said. And I think he hugged everyone, including Ichiro. Uh, yeah, I get all that. I mean, what's I, it serves him no purpose to throw a fit in the clubhouse with his teammates. But I'd be steaming pissed. Like, what do you mean? I, you brought me up here, and then you guys use this BS line about right-handed pitchers. Well, that's when I just thing. gave yeah. gave you people the numbers here. That's what makes it. So, it's just so laughable to me, mm-hmm. and that's why I'll just. It's embarrassing that they really trotted out with everyone. Listen, I listened to the post game show yesterday. Mm-hmm. This is the talking points coming from this group about right hand. They're now. I'm not saying someone handed them a piece of paper to talk about this, but you know once. Someone says it, then another person picks up on it. Well, their talking points are this: they're facing a bevy of right-handed pitchers, with no mention that Ben Gamble is going to play in all those games. He's going to start all those games. Most of them, probably, yeah. yeah. And you mentioned it before. Eventually, that pitcher is going to be knocked out of the game. They may have to use a left-hander. Nobody uses a pitcher past the fifth inning anymore, anyway. And I just gave you Guillermo's splits against right-handers. They are. Way above and beyond each other, and I get a small. He's seventeen plate appearances compared to thirty, but the guy's hitting three thirty three with an on base of four thirty eight. OPS is 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 one zero two one, and uh, Ichiro is one sixty seven one sixty seven with an OPS of three thirty three. In an admittedly small sample size, he is showing that, as a matter of fact, he can hit right handed pitching. Okay, yes. that's right. maybe he's going to go over his next forty. That could happen, but right now. So yeah, it's it, and then he's a far superior. He first of all, he's the best defensive outfielder they have, mm-hmm. and he's he's athletic. He's you can use him as a pinch runner, defensive replacement. What just boggles my mind, and and I I'm not even, I'm just disappointed in people above above him because this is not a. Jer- I just don't think it's a Jerry Depoto call or Scott Service call that mm-hmm. that they made this move. And because Jerry's a smart GM, don't agree with everything that he's ever done with the team. Right. But I think he knows the game of baseball and he looks at these numbers and he he's talked openly since he took the job about being more athletic in the mm-hmm. outfield. <laughs> Who's more athletic in the outfield? Yeah. 27 Guillermo Heredia or 44 year old Ichiro? It depends. On, I guess right handers. It's actually Ichiro. Yeah. What were you going to say about DePoto? Here's the you thing. Know. Let me let me throw this out, because, again, I, I the more we're talking about this, the more I really think that this has to do with them wanting to keep Ichiro on the roster until they get back to Seattle, and they just decided to wait until they had to make the decision. Now they, and and unfortunately for them, they've got seven more on the row before they get back. But and and I don't know, maybe maybe that's not, maybe he's going to be on the roster the rest of the year, like you've opined at, yeah. at times. I wonder, in all honesty, with 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 Depoto, and I agree with you. I don't. This doesn't feel like it's. It, there's not a. Is congruity a word? I'm making up words now. This You're doesn't asking me. Yeah, I know. There is this doesn't fit with what they say they're no. trying to do. That being said, I wonder if and I don't mean this in a weird way, I wonder if Jerry DePoto hasn't developed a baseball crush on Ichiro. Reason being, he lo- and, and it's like when you, you think about somebody you dated in college. He has a crush on twelve years ago Ichiro, who is absolutely if DePoto could build a ball player. For his system, that's what he'd want. Ichiro in his prime, right? He'd give him nine Ichiros in his prime. DePoto will be able to do everything he wants to do. Great defense, fast, all to do it. And, and I wonder if maybe he hasn't looked at him and he sees the positives. And, and I do believe Ichiro probably is presenting himself a little differently than he used to. I don't know how critical that is within the clubhouse. But I think that maybe DePoto has really, this is just my opinion, that he's just 
he's somewhat blinded by the legend of Ichiro, and he wants to give him every single possible opportunity to recapture a little of that glory. And as long as he can convince himself, hey, this isn't hurting us, this hasn't really done anything against us now, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's right or not, Buck. I'm throwing it out there as well, a theory because we're all kind of like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know if, if any of us know what, what's right or wrong with this story. It's just... It's a fun story it, for it's, us. It's a, well, thanks. Of all, this is sports radio porn. Yeah, thanks. I mean, Jerry, this, this you couldn't be doing a better job. Just keep it up. Out. Keep them on. I, I Keep them through the series with the Angels. That's that's what I'd like to see. Well, and, that, and that's where, again, this gets back to... So we're at, let's add all of this together that we've yeah. talked about. We've talked about... You know, maybe this is as simple as when they brought Ichiro in, they thought, hey, we're going to need him until May because gambling could be ready till May 1st. That's what our doctors are telling us. Well, then Gamble comes out, it turns out he got ready a lot faster. Okay, now we had to make a decision. Okay, so they put it off as long as they could. Okay, and, and Gary brought up a good point. You know, you, you release Ichiro, it's a permanent decision. You know, April may not be the time you make that permanent decision. And and if you're in a position where you say, hey, you know what, we can we can... The next week or so, it's not like we're just scraping by. We're actually playing pretty good ball. And, again, I don't think you can really pin anything on Ichiro yet. And get him back. So at least when you make the announcement that you've decided to cut bait with Ichiro, you're doing it in Seattle. And he can, he you know, and I, look, I know that the cynics will be like, hey, that's, they're too much about that. And I, I get it. By the same token, this is one of the four or five greatest players in your franchise history, if you can swing this. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm wondering if maybe yeah. that factored into their well, thinking. I, and then factoring I, that maybe Jerry looks at Ichiro and he is blinded by this guy's greatness over the years and wants to, man, I want to give this guy well, every chance if, possible. Well, if we were going to go down that that road, and, and mm-hmm. I agree, I think that he's a very good GM. I mean, I think that he's done, I think Jerry's done a lot of, of really good things here with the organization. He's pulled off some trades that, you know, some of them, like like any GM, some of them have worked and some have not. I mean, he's been you know, aggressive. He's you know, gone the, out and tried to fix some things that were broken. You know, of the it wasn't a trade, but like the Chris Taylor thing. You, we can beat we can beat him up all we want with Chris Taylor, okay? Right? But now let's praise him for the Hanniger deal and the Segura right. deal. I mm-hmm. mean, think about that for a second. I mean, he 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 pulled off a trade which shipped out Taiwan Walker and could tell Marte and Taiwan Walker and I don't no ill will towards. Taiwan Walker, but he's done. I mean, he's going to have Tommy Johnson. He's done. Right. You you just got two. One guy that's playing at an all-star level right now in Hanniger, mm-hmm. and I know it's early. Segura, who, who I think could develop into that guy, but is a solid player. I mean, God, Segura's really good offensively. That's a home run trade that he pulled off. And, you know, we always focus on the negative trades, I think, when it comes right, to the marriage. Sure. We always get hosed. Adam Jones and Eric Bedard and those guys. Heathcliff, you know, Heathcliff Slocum. And those deals with Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek. But, I mean, he nailed that one, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But so with that, knowing that I think he's a pretty smart GM, if he actually th- would th- thought that, that I'm getting, you know, the I'm in love with the intro I've, I've 12 got, years I've, ago. I've got this 12-year-old. I've, wow. it's, it's, I, I, I think uh, of man, him as the mid-2000s and how great he was. And, I'd and, be uh, so concerned yeah. that he would think that. Mm-hmm. So concerned because that that is just... You know that that's almost criminal for a GM to think that. Okay, let's let's let then let's throw this out then because again, I'm I'm you and I spent the whole month arguing because I told you you were nuts if you thought they were going to keep I'm Ichiro, and you are still nuts, and I'm an idiot for believing that they'd get rid of him. Let's just say over the next week, say they go four and three in Chicago and Cleveland, right. everything's okay, nobody else gets hurt, they come home, what we talked about happens. They 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 Ichiro is going to play. This at the, he's going to play two more games and then he's going to retire, and Heredia is going to come back up. 
no harm, no foul at that point? Do you say, okay, you know, you got to admit it worked out okay. They pulled it off in a way that is classy to Ichiro, classy to the fans who loved him, didn't cost him anything. Or, or are guess, you still I saying, guess, hey, because this wasn't a good baseball decision, I'm going to stay? I guess it was know. no harm, no foul. Yeah, if, if it worked out under that scenario, you can say, well, yeah, all right. Yeah, it didn't hurt them. But I, it's still just, I'd still be disappointed in it. I'm still disappointed mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I will admit that when they first made the move and, and they needed a guy to fill in, and I didn't realize Gamble would be out this this long, I wasn't opposed to it. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's You start looking at his numbers. But that was under the thought that he was going to be a bit player. Mm-hmm. That he was going to be a guy that filled in for Heredia, and then you know, two days into spring training, Scott Service comes out and says, "Oh no," or Depoto, one of them. No, he's playing five days a week, and I didn't know that was the plan. Right. And then when I found out that was the plan, I'm like, "Well, this is terrible. Right? This is the, 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 why w- there's other people out there they could have gone out and paid a little bit more extra money for if they wanted an everyday outfielder rather than a 44 year old guy." I, they had the opportunity to do it last week in the series against Houston because Gamble was ready to go, and they didn't do it. And here's, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really upset if if he comes back, they come back from the road trip, and I think Heredi, it's Tuesday, it's whatever the Oakland series is. I think it would be eligible to come back. The Angels series, you mean? No, no, it's Oakland first, and then the Angels. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is, if they delay it. So he can face the Angels. Mm-hmm. And again, I, it doesn't pencil out anymore for Otani to face them. Mm-hmm. But Otani was on track to face the Mariners. Right. Um, he could pitch, I think, in that final game on five days rest, but he has, hasn't done it. But if there's any inkling that they want to see those two guys on the field together and they do it in the Angels series, then I'm just then I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the question: that was this the plan all the long, all along? Did you guys look at the schedule and think you want to see these two on the field together? Because then that tells me. You're not really serious about winning and losing, yeah. and it's just about the 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 marketing I, the arm of it, and then the entertainment arm of it. And I get that's part of it, but man, that that's what signal. And you can bring this up with lunch with listeners later. I mean, what's the message to a fan base that's been through with this team for forty years? And 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 right, it's bad. The reason I've always thought that is not even possible. But again, I didn't think we'd even be having this discussion. But there's so many moving parts in that yeah, scenario yeah. that you just go, nah, they can't possibly be thinking that. Maybe this also is, is tied, again, the idea of bringing him home and letting him say goodbye proper is you know, they've already, with a legend, with the greatest player in their history, they they damn near messed that up. And I don't know if it was them necessary, but the way Junior... Oh, it, sure. It wouldn't surprise anybody if Junior had fallen into, for lack of a better phrase, the Kenny Easley zone. It took the Hawks years and years. Yeah. That was a different thing with Easley. It was a medical thing. And all that, but it took forever to get you know kind of to the proper relationship in that thing, and that could have happened with Junior when he left him, and he was mad, and he was angry. Yeah. It, it shows you the trickiness of trying to bring a legend back, well, and if you don't have a good exit strategy, you, you can end up with egg on your face. It's kind of the embarrassing. Well, pick this back up on the other side because I think what's embarrassing about it is is just a little bit of of that right there is the exit strategy because mm-hmm. I thought they had an exit strategy. Uh, but it doesn't seem like they actually have one. And we got to find out. Uh, Jackson's chomping at the bit. We got to give him a couple minutes. Uh, what happened yesterday over at Century? Are you kidding? Great news! Oh, back to Puck and the Gas Man on your home for Seattle's best NFL draft coverage. Sports Radio 950 KJR. 
Ten minutes away, lunch with listeners, brought to you by the other Coast Cafe. Of course, it's a free Guillermo Monday show. Welcome in, Puck and Gas, live from the Carter Volkswagen studio. Draft getting underway this week. We'll tackle that uh, probably in the 2 o'clock hour as well. Our draft coverage really starts tonight uh, with the NFL Draft Preview Show, hosted by Tony Softley and Rob Rang from 6 to 8 o'clock. You can hear that Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Uh, that will come on right after the uh, 9.50 KJR mock draft with Softy and Hugh live from Dino's. And then our draft coverage gets underway full force on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wall-to-wall coverage right here on 9.50 KJR. Every name the station will be involved with the uh, draft coverage. Uh, let's see. I got a, a, t- a tweet here from uh, 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 Jack. Uh, respect for each row, but move Pat, move was uh, made not by Depoto in service. I uh, was it was made uh, above him. Won't be surprised if this pisses service off and he leaves like Hargrove in the red pickup truck. Holy cow, man! If sir, what if service becomes the second manager to leave with a with a big long winning streak? Oh, they don't have one right now, but well, that that I, is an interesting. You gotta. I mean, I I, have, I haven't talked to Scott Service, so I don't know how he truly feels, and I'm just going to speculate on how he feels. Yeah. I mean, I think you can read between the lines and some of the things that he says, and I, I just I have a lot of respect for both Depoto and Service to to feel that. Listen, I think they understand what the what the right move here is, and they have also an appreciation for what each row means to the team. But yeah, I think stuff like this can kind of probably wear on a GM and a, and a manager. Like, hey, I want the best 25 guys on the roster. Well, the manager definitely. Yeah. You know, again, Depoto may be in more of a gray area, and so so the the theory is then, and this is again hardly far fetched, is that this is completely coming from ownership. Well, my my thought would be, yeah, that I think this is above this is above Depoto's mm-hmm. pay grade, just because I don't Jerry Depoto, I just don't think would ever make this move. I don't think he'd ever would allow this to go this far. It doesn't may, fit with the other things that he said. He may bring him back for a little bit, but once Gamble was ready, Jerry Depoto, if he was truly about putting the best team on the field and wants an athletic outfield, mm-hmm. he would have gotten rid of a fifth outfielder that he does not need. Now, what about this, though? Uh, one, so be... I think this is about him coming back next week, and whether it's mm-hmm. the Oakland series or the Angels series, Oakland is first. They want him to have the last bow, you know, the standing ovation, the tip of the cap, and he walks off. But by the way, Heredia, here's his week. Heredia starts his week in Texas yesterday. Is told he's going down. Flies, I'm assuming, back up here. He'll be uh, with the Rainiers tonight against Sacramento. Then they head down to Fresno for five lovely days in the Central California. Who Valley. doesn't love Fresno for five days? <laughs> you gotta really love it, huh? So, but but anyway, the uh, what about this with Ichiro that we haven't touched on? Of course, yesterday he reaches base four times. Of yeah. course, he gets two hits. Right. I was half convinced he's going to hit a home run in the ninth inning. To win the game, what what if Ichiro catches fire this week? Now, I'd, I'd, again, I'm just throwing out sure, the, the the various scenarios that could happen that make no. this even more intriguing. If he catches fire, and then they have to make a decision to keep him. Well, what what, what do we what do you do if they come home at the end of this road trip and Ichiro suddenly is like he's got a seven game hitting streak? He can't keep him off the bases. He's he, I mean, I, I don't know that I think that's going to happen. Matter of fact, I don't. But it, it just adds to this. Like I said, the Mariners, they, they, I don't know why. And I meant to ask this in our big meeting Friday. I don't know why we didn't get Ben Gamble hats. Every media hack in town has a Ben Gamble hat on. I don't think they tw- do that anymore. We never, we, well, they did for everybody else. Everybody else, like, thanks, Mariners. For, we, so, but the uh, Mariners, thank you for gift wrapping this topic. 
and yeah. sending it over to us because there's so much layer to it. I just will, will continue to, to uh, read this quote from Scott Service. The upcoming schedule, and this is what DePoto has said to us, played into it. We face seven consecutive right-handed starters after today. So trying to manage the roster is what we're trying to do. Heredia has done a nice job for us. He certainly has a role for us. Our whole group felt playing time-wise outside of today versus uh, Perez. The rest of the road trip is against right-handed starters. That's where it went. I will point this out for the fifth hundred, five hundredth time today on the radio show. <laughs> Guillermo Heredia splits against right-handers this year. He's hit th- in seventeen plate appearances, three thirty-three with an on-base of four thirty-eight OPS, so one point zero two one. Ichiro against right-hand pitchers this year, thirty plate appearances, one sixty-seven, one sixty-seven OPS of three thirty-three. What if Heredia is so distraught by this he 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 de defects? <laughs> Where's Heredia? He's supposed to be in Tacoma. No, he went back to Cuba. He, he is so back. pissed off he went back to Cuba. I don't get any money there, but at least they treat me nice. <laughs>